Welcome to the Impact Show. Beyond training, beyond practice, this is the podcast for strength and conditioning coaches, sport coaches, personal trainers, and sports fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on the people around them. And now, here's your host, coach, author, and entrepreneur, Jim Kilbasso. Welcome back to the Impact Show. I'm Jim Kilbasso, and I've got a great guest on today, someone that has made a transition in his career similar to mine, going from a college strength coach into more of a business setting, but quite a different twist than uh, than than my story. Before we get into our guest, I want to make sure that I thank our sponsor, the IYCA, the International Youth Conditioning Association, who has been an excellent partner for this show. Their goal is to impact one million athletes through coaching education, and they do an excellent job of hosting clinics, putting together resources, and they put a bunch of t- resources together for you. It is all on my homepage at jimkilbasso.com where you can pick up all the great free information and reports that they have created specifically for the listeners of the Impact Show. Now let's get into the conversation of the day. Like I said, this is somebody that uh, was a former college strength and conditioning coach. He was at, um, I, I met him first at Notre Dame working with the football program. He transitioned um, for a while to uh, Villanova University where he was working with the basketball team and lots of other programs and he is now the national athletics manager at Hammer Strength Life Fitness and I am really excited to talk to him about his transition and all of his experiences. Welcome to the show Lon Record. Thank you Jim. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, been looking forward to this ever since uh, we talked about it at the uh, the Adrian Hammer Strength Clinic so thank you again for having me. My pleasure. Well, you know what? Let's let's before we talk about the clinics and all that, because I do want to talk about your involvement in organizing all these amazing clinics. Um, you know, I think it would be great for for us to jump into your transition from college strength and conditioning coach to uh, more of a business setting where you're out on the road selling um, hammer strength equipment and um, doing lots of other things. What was that transition like and, and how has that been for you? How many years ago was that now? Uh, transition, we uh, say we, cause it's a, like everything, it's a family business. Uh, mm-hmm. We made the transition in 2012 so I'll be uh, four years yeah. in September. Um, so the transition um, for I, I have a very unique role in uh, within uh, Life Fitness Hammer Strength and, and uh, probably unique within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so with what uh, the company wanted, obviously, you know Hammer has been involved in athletics. Uh, for a number of years, you know, nearly 30 now. Um, so they're, they're not new by any stretch to this, this side of the business, but, um, uh, what they've wanted to do in recent years is really bring somebody in and, <clears throat> and have a team that can concentrate solely in athletics. Um, mm-hmm. and not just the, uh, the, the sales portion and the, uh, you know, layouts and, and quotes and whatnot, but, uh, being able to, uh, tie, our company in into the coaching community through different organizations and, and different uh, um, outreach events, you know, which we'll talk about. But um, so the transition actually wasn't that difficult um, uh, because it was basically, you know, 
talking to coaches. So yeah. that's what the company wanted, really wanted me to do. And uh, my predecessor, uh, Rich Gray, who, who did an incredible job kind of shaping this role. And then, uh, you know, before me, guys like Tom Profit, uh, Bill Jacobs, uh, Blair Prince, you know, who we, we recently brought back, you know, they, they really kind of shaped this. Um, and, and this is uh, the end result, I think, of, of, of their work and uh, the company's direction and, and what they want to do. So it wasn't that hard of a transition. Uh, the hardest part, I got to be honest with you, was working from home. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was uh, uh, an unknown, really, you know, after, you know, waking up every day, you know, it could be, you know, four in the morning, five in the morning, um, going into the weight room, uh, uh, training all day, coming home late, as we all know, uh, making the transition to basketball, that, that, that's a beast of its own and the schedule is very unique to basketball. So, um, that was a, a, a pretty, uh, uh, surprising transition, something I wasn't ready for and re- really still getting used to it today. Just the, uh, the actual physical schedule, you mean? Yeah. The, the, the physical, uh, the physical schedule, the physical having when I'm not traveling, not on the road. Um, I, I'm working out of my house. Um, and it's, a uh, uh, I think it's something that, uh, you know, kind of like uh, the Wizard of Oz a little bit. You pull back the curtain and realize, you know, a lot of a lot of the, the, the sales reps and people that you've talked to for years, you know, they, they might be working in their home office. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 interesting. Uh, and it was a it was a challenging um, uh, change to make that transition and set a schedule when 24 hours a day, really, my office is, you know, 15 feet away um, and and the. Uh, you know, with the use of technology and, and every modality imaginable to be able to contact somebody, um, you're, you're, you're always working. So mm-hmm. uh, trying to find that schedule, find that balance, you know, that we all are really now in business between family and business. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a bit of a, a challenge that, that I really didn't expect, but one that's, uh, it's been pretty, it's been great, to be honest. It's been great to be able to create that balance, create that structure, you know, business um, all of my my friends and, and colleagues within this business, and, and really most importantly, my family. So when you were when you were asked to come on board, you know, what did you think the responsibilities were going to be, and you know, and and how has that changed? You know, how has that changed you? You know, going from you know yelling at kids and um, you know and pushing people in a weight room to now you it's a lot more organizational kind of stuff. What, what what did you think you were getting into? Um, I think the role, as it was created, and as it ran for a number of years, you know, it, it was really it's a sales position. Um, and I think it's the the position has evolved. I think our team has evolved um, by bringing you know again people like like Rich Gray, uh, who's who's been in this industry. Uh, Kelly Newhauser was another guy who was on the team. You know. Than myself and 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 the new members of our team, you know, we have a perspective that we can bring to the company, and um, you know, Life Fitness and Hammer and, and really Brunswick, which which is our parent company and owns the whole shooting match. Um, mm-hmm. They've really given us a lot of latitude, give us a, a lot of freedom to define this role um, because of our experience. Uh, hopefully, because of some of the results we've had, but they allow us to really um, kind of push new boundaries and and see how we can best impact the community from a company standpoint. So, um, yeah, initially, okay. 
our team is overseeing the education market, uh, which means uh, quite literally now middle schools all the way all the way through major colleges um, to oversee that market, make sure that that we're you know involved where we need to be. We have the product that we need. Um, now it's it's really growing into um, the majority of our time is is uh, I would I would say community outreach, you know. Um, running the hammer strength clinics, mm-hmm. being involved in a number of clinics all across the country, um, um, continuing our relationships and building our relationships with organizations like the CSCCA uh, and the NSCA, uh, um, just helping us build the brand that is hammer, but find ways to utilize this, the size of this company to really give back to the community. So that, that's what, that's what my team ends up doing, uh, probably most of the time, and then um, still that that sales component, which is positioning ourselves um, as as who we are. We're coaches, so we want to be a resource to all of those coaches that we work with, and all the schools and athletic directors, and um, you know architects and everybody involved in uh, building you know these incredible facilities. We want to make sure everybody knows we're a resource for you. You know, we can we can tell you our experiences. We can we can help guide you through this process, which which can be a bear sometimes. Well, when you brought up the word resource, that's what I picture you as more today. You know, than than more than a salesperson. You're really a resource and an, and an educator. Um, you know, you're out there not only putting on clinics, but even when we, you know, we just recently uh, worked with you quite a bit at one of the local high schools here at Novi High School. And, um, you know, there were a lot of questions that they had about equipment selection and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed like that was, you know, that's more of your team's role is, is educating. Did you ever, uh, did you ever, have you ever thought about the ripple effect that that has? And what I mean by that, um, so you kind of get where I'm coming from. You know, this, this show is called The Impact Show, and it's all about the impact that coaches and businesses have on the people they work with. Well, when you host these clinics, and I've been to many of them, you literally, you're having hundreds of young professionals come in and teaching them how to be better strength coaches. The ripple effect from that is absolutely astronomical. Have you ever sat back and thought about how many people you've made an impact on through those? Uh, <laughs> I actually, I actually have to, I have to sit back. Oh, and, is that uh, a jo- that's your job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, again, the transition coaching to, uh, to business, you know, coaches have to, uh, and especially strength conditioning coaches, we continually have to justify what it is that we're doing. And in, in, a, in a strength conditioning coach's case, you have to justify what you're doing uh, by by testing numbers, right? Um, maybe development of the individual athlete. You're you're going through their progress, freshman to sophomore, and sophomore to junior. And we have pictures and and all these these tests and numbers. Uh, we also have to justify what we're doing to coaches and administrators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes time, maybe to buy equipment or build a weight room or do something you have this vision of what it is and then you have to justify it. Well, that's something on the business side, especially working for a large publicly owned company that we are. Yeah. I have to justify everything. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that I do. And, and really now our team does is 
we have to work through the justification process of the clinics. So we will track, you know, certain metrics, um, the number of speakers that we have, the number of unique speakers each year, uh, the number of attendees. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll go into it a little more and look at the breakdown. Where, where are attendees coming from? Are they coming from high school? Are they coming from college, the private sector? Um, so one, that helps us justify um, what it is actually that we're doing. And then it also helps guide us, you know, clinics as we go down the road, you know, what, what people want to see, uh, who are our attendees, who's our base. Um, but it is cool to sit back, you know, kind of uh, get away from the numbers, right. And look at it a little more subjectively and say, okay, you know, watch, watch some of these coaches who I can remember, you know, in my short time running these clinics and my time kind of carrying the torch, of the hammer strength clinics, um, you know, thinking back four years ago to a clinic and there was a, an intern sitting there, you know, and, and, and four years later, now that person is a, a head strength coach somewhere and, mm-hmm. and they're sending interns to the hammer strength clinic. So I, I think that's great. And then that's, that's what they're all about. So, you know, it's gotta be awesome to be able to step back and think about, you know, the education that's taking place and how you are essentially facilitating that. But then do you also, it, it, you know, people may think that this is, um, you know, surface or something, but I, I totally get it. Do you kind of look out in the audience and think, you know, I hope that guy gets a job and he's going to buy some hammer strength equipment. You know, do you, do you have to kind of think that way when you're putting on these events? Uh, a, a little, you know, and I, again, I have to, it's, I have a responsibility uh, mm-hmm. to the clinics, meaning the funding of the clinics. And yeah. I want to continue these events and I want to do more events and um, and we want to uh, sponsor more and do more. And in, in order to do that, yeah, we have to justify. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I have to kind of comb the room and I'll go back the week after the clinics and, and we'll go through and say, OK, you know, here's how much uh, business or potential business was was in the room. Right. And that goes in a report that we send to try to uh, make sure that we're um you know, I keep using the word justifying, but it's really the best word to keep justifying the clinics themselves, put value on the clinics um, so that, you know, people pretty high up the chain as we go further up uh, through the Brunswick ladder, you know, see this as a um, that we're getting a return on our investment. You know, so that that's the business uh, saying, right, that, that we do in this in this industry when we're sponsoring things. We want to make sure there's a return on our investment. So. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, but I think a big thing, one of the biggest, again, kind of behind the scenes with the clinics, again, if you, you pull the curtain back, we make a strong push to make sure the clinics are authentic, authentic mm-hmm. from an educational standpoint. And that goes back to the beginnings. You know, I'm, I, I'm sure you may have attended some of the early hammock, the hammer clinics, you know, maybe I did. Pittsburgh yeah. and, uh, that's the one I was at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I remember sitting with Tommy Prophet when I was about 23, you know, and asking about the clinics and then fast forward now, you know, 15, 16 years later. And uh, it still resonates that the, the Hammer Clinic started, it was bringing together people of very different philosophies and not necessarily what we would say uh, hammer guys, you know, guys mm-hmm. that they buy hammer, uh, they leave, go to another place, they buy hammer. They leave, go to another place, they buy a hammer. Um, if that's what we did, then 
it'd kind of be a fraud. You know, we, we would be running a commercial for hammer. Um, so it's very important to us that we keep, uh, especially the education, the speakers, uh, the content, you know, that that's part of the clinics, keep that authentic to the strength conditioning community. Um, so that's something we think about pretty heavily, especially when we, we, we look at who's going to speak or present at a hammer clinic. You know, it's, it's definitely not a prerequisite that you've purchased X amount of hammer or you're, mm-hmm. or you're maybe planning on purchasing X amount of hammer. Um, so we keep that in mind as we, we separate the two biggest, uh, uh, entities of the clinic from, a you know, behind the scenes numbers are our speakers and, uh, our attendees. It seems like you also have to kind of balance where you're going to um, have the clinic. Mm-hmm. Is that is that part of it too? That you you're going to want to put it someplace that um, maybe that college or wherever it is has bought some stuff, and you know how do, how do you balance all that? Yeah, and that's a <laughs> that's a twelve month job. You know, yeah. it's, it's a uh, it's a curse, you know, and a blessing. Um, the Hammer clinics are, are so popular, and uh, everyone wants to be put on stage at times they want the spotlight on them um and that's most important when it comes to a host so people want you know if a, if a coach or a, an athletic director or a school has, has built this facility they, they want to show it off um and, and bringing a clinic in is a great way to do that um the most important aspect for us isn't even really the equipment that's in the room the most important aspect of the clinic is the relationship that we have with the lead uh, contact or lead person at the host school. That's most important um, mm. because there's so much work that goes into these clinics from a logistical standpoint that begins. We'll start planning the clinics probably in August, uh, September. So, you know, making sure we have the space available, making sure we can have people park on campus just on and on and on and on. The mm-hmm. most important aspect is that relationship we have with that person. Now from a business standpoint, yeah, a lot of times you're going to have a very strong relationship with somebody that you've done business with. So that would lend us to, to be at places that, um, you know, are predominantly hammer strength because we've built that relationship through, you know, the project. Um, but we have, we have a number of, of hosts that, you know, are at currently at schools that, that don't have hammer strength. You know, the room is, you know, another company and, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that relationship with that person that, really helps us drive the clinic through and, and put on a, put on a great event. Well, talk to me for a minute about your kind of philosophy too. And I think this could benefit anybody listening. Um, you, the you know buzzword for years has been networking, got a network, got a network, but I have a different take on it and it sounds like you have a very different take on it. And it's more about developing relationships than just networking. You're not out there passing out business cards. Um, what, what do you do kind of, you know, how do you, how do you make a conscious effort to actually develop a real relationship with somebody instead of just, you know, throwing out a business card to somebody and hoping they buy? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, the relationship building just comes from a background of being a coach, Yeah. you know, and that, that's really, you know, any, anybody that's, that's a coach um, and that's their chosen profession I think understands the importance of, of, um, of building relationships. Um, so I carry a lot of that through into the business world, um, and making sure I think, sorry. Um, you know, I, I think one of the key aspects and now I see it from the business side 
one of the key aspects in, in building a relationship is prioritizing that relationship when there's no business to be had. And mm-hmm. I, and I see that in this side of the industry where, you know, everyone talks about networking and building relationships and how to do it. And there's videos and manuals and, um, yep. you name it. Well, yep. I think the strength of that relationship is built really when you're not trying to sell them something or they're not necessarily looking to buy something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's through stages of the year. It's, it's making sure, you know, you're, you're reaching out to people. I, I would equate it to this. And Jim, you can understand this as much as anybody. When you're in the coaching industry, you know, you're, you're kind of constantly looking for a job, right? Cause you just don't <laughs> know when you're, you're going to need a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing worse than that person you haven't talked to in two, three, four years. And there's a job available that either you have, or you have a contact to, and all of a sudden they reach out to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I'd equate it to that, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's similar. So, um, yeah, relationships are, are, are key to this, this business, to any business, you know, any industry. And it's, it's developing those, um, again, so that when it is time to do business, you have a strong relationship there. There's a personal connection. Um, and, and there's a little more invested in it than just, you know, in our case, steel, you know, uh, the price of that steel and how fast you can get that steel to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you obviously have relationships with coaches all over the country now and have seen some amazing facilities. What are some of the trends that you're seeing, um, in high school, uh, college, you name it, middle school weight rooms that you're seeing things go from where they used to be more machine based and they were, then it was all racks. Are you seeing any trends in, in the way people are buying things? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, one of the biggest trends that we're seeing, uh, is just a demand for space. So, yeah. I think I think there's a there's a couple of reasons for that that I can see. One, you know, just a, a, a continual evolution in uh, programming and training philosophy. Uh, I think also, especially at the high school level, it's the involvement of the student athletes. It's how many kids these high schools are bringing through, you know, every hour or in a two hour block in the morning or the afternoon. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible to, to talk to some of these coaches, you know, especially if, if they are a high school strength conditioning coach and, and they're overseeing, you know, at times seven, eight hundred athletes. Um, I think that's been one of the biggest drivers is is the number of kids in high schools coming through these facilities and the need to make sure you can safely train all these kids, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been a big a big one, um, you know, with with uh, I think the additions of turf in weight rooms has been, a, mm. has been a big driver. Um, you know, the availability to be able to go condition agilities or just basic movements, you know, the availability of, of turf space now is at an absolute premium. So, you know, we're seeing more and more rooms where they want to bring that component into their room so that they don't have to necessarily share time with, you know, any number of the teams trying to practice there. Um, and they can, they can kind of make it a one-stop shop. So that that's been a big change um, that mm-hmm. that has really had to have coaches think about how they want to they want to build their rooms and adapt uh, their space. You know, what what are some of the more impressive places that you've seen, and what makes them so has has made them so impressive? 
Um, I mean, some some of these high schools have floored me. Um, there's a number of schools right around uh, the Indianapolis area. You know, I think Texas speaks for itself. <laughs> you know, and it, it does. You know, they they put a premium on the importance of strength conditioning. You know, not just with their with football, right? But but all their student athletes. Um, and uh, but I, I've seen uh, a number of these schools around Indianapolis, uh, Noblesville. You know, and Brian yeah. Clark, who's who's become a good friend. You know, picking his brain and, and watching and seeing what they're doing, and the sheer number of student athletes, and not only that, not just student athletes, but you know, PE class, the, the 11 o'clock PE class, you might have 150, 200, you know, 10th graders going through a strength conditioning facility. So, you know, yeah. facilities like Noblesville, uh, you know, some of the recent ones, Fishers, uh, Armel, um, uh, it's, it, it's incredible to see these facilities and see the thought put into them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at the college level, um, uh, you know, I'm, I live in the Northeast, so mm-hmm. I think we probably have 80% of the Division three colleges in, in the United States, you know, within three, four hours of my house. But to see some of the Division three facilities are absolutely incredible. Um, and, and they're, they're utilizing, you know, all of their resources to put together these facilities that, you know, are, are uh, I'd say, student-athlete-centric, but can benefit all of their, you know, uh, all of their uh, students. So to see, you know, the Adrians of the world and also to see, you know, just, just right around the Philadelphia area, you know, Eastern, um, Cabrini, uh, Moravian, um, Swarthmore, you know, just incredible facilities that, that took some thought um, and, and really took somebody to, to step up and say, hey, we need to do this. You know, we need to do this for our student athletes. Um, for every reason, you know, provide the service to them, the current student athletes to go recruit student athletes. Um, and as we, we kind of move up the ladder, you know, the division one facilities, um, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible, you know, what's, what's mm-hmm. going on now. But I think what's most cool is, is, is the thought put into these facilities, you know, that it's not, okay, just square footage, you know, who has the biggest weight room? No, it's, it's, it's the unique features of those rooms that, um, you know, are thought out. They're thought out from a programming standpoint. They're thought out from a, a growth standpoint, you know, um, University of Tennessee, you know, every time I go there, I'm just, I'm, I'm floored with that facility. Just, just the thought that went into it, how it's adapted over the years and how it, it was built in a way it can continually adapt. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others, um, you know, looking at a facility again, kind of staying in the hammer facilities. Uh, Boise State was is a, is a really really cool facility. You know, and, and uh, utilizing the turf uh, in the in inside the room and uh, the way it was laid out. Coach Saha laid it out, and then Coach Pittman came in was able to adapt the space a little bit. That was really cool. Um, Do you get to help with some of that? Because I know for me, I've helped multiple high schools and smaller facilities and back when I was in college, like get to actually lay things out and, and organize it. Do they ever call on you to help them do that? Or do you see more day, more, uh, more times than not now they've got the ideas and they're just telling you what they want. How does that work? Um, that is one of the absolute funnest parts of my job. Um, I, I, I love laying out facilities, mm-hmm. um, kind of starting with a, 
you know, just, just like we would have, we did when we designed our own rooms, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know about you, but I did have an Excel program with a little one foot by one foot box. That oh, I drew it. I drew it with pencil and paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my process, and I think a lot of us starts just like coach, I have a dry erase board in my office. I, as I'm talking to a coach, you know, I'll go visit, we'll take notes. Uh, coach will draw on the dry erase board, you know, and, and say, here, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Um, I bring it back, dry erase board it, and then put it into a software so I can, I can get down to the inch, you know, and, and show coaches, okay, you know, here's what I know. I think here's what you want to do. Here's what we're, here's, here's the space that it's going to take to do this and do that and do this. Um, so going through that process is, it's so much fun. Um, and then, uh, an unexpected course or an unexpected part of this job is our involvement with architects. Um, mm. I'm not sure if any architects listen to the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm getting better <laughs> at working with architects and what I think our team really has become as the evolution of these, these training facilities, you know, which has been pretty rapid. Um, as rooms are evolving, we become a resource for the coaches to help pass their ideas on to architects, right. And general contractors. And, we then become the, the go between between the architects and the coach. So we'll talk to the architects and we've we've had some pretty good success stories where we've been able to go in early enough, talk to the architects and say, look, you know, we need to make some changes here. I know it's your job, it's your company, it's your role, but if we move this or change this or slide this beam here or, you know, take one of the forty seven columns you have out of the room, um, I, I think we're gonna be able to utilize the space a little bit more. Um, which then leads us as a resource, let's say, to the athletics, uh, you know, your assistant AD for facilities or whoever it may be, that we can just we can communicate these ideas between all of these dis- different groups. So, yeah, we'll we'll work through, you know, 2D layouts, uh, which are really kind of the, the blueprints, if you will, mm-hmm. and then take that to a 3D so that we can we can show the space um, show it to the coach, have them actually kind of walk through the facility, see what it looks like, you know, turn the corners, find the, the blind spots, and then hopefully take that and have that be, a, you know, a presentation material, especially if they're in a fundraising mode or, or that kind of step in the process. Do you ever see, um, well, I'll back up and say at this latest project that I was able to work with you on a mm-hmm. little bit at, at Novi High School. You guys helped, um, uh, you know, on multiple with multiple different uh, decision making um, situations on what to buy and where things could go. And it did help a ton because you guys have seen it before. Do you ever see um, or or does it happen kind of behind the scenes for you? All the different coaches and PE instructors and everyone putting their, you know, giving their input on what they want and how that, you know, how that kind of goes back and forth. And do you have to help balance that out a little bit ever? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a unique challenge uh, at the high school level. And sometimes Mm -hmm. at the the small college level where you'll will work on a project uh, by committee Uh, and it's never easy. Um, Mm -hmm. But hopefully we can be, again, kind of the sounding board for everybody and put it together in a way that meets everybody's needs. But absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll sit down at times, you know, with, uh, four or five members, you know, hopefully they'll put their own committee together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's just one 
unlucky athletic director who's got to take <laughs> notes from 20 coaches. Um, and, then, and then we try to put that together in a way that makes makes the most sense. And, and fortunately, you know, we're a, we're a huge company. Um, so we something that my, my team can do in every area of the country, we have local reps, right? And they concentrate on the state, you know, maybe the, the state of Michigan or in some parts it's there's three reps in a state and they have it divided up. What um, hopefully is unique to Hammer Strength is what we can do as a team, we can bring all the information, literally Seattle to Miami, we can bring that to any rep. So we can, you know, talk to the rep, we fly in, uh, we sit down in the meetings and we say, here, here's what we, here's, here's four different high schools. You know, one's in Texas, one's in Seattle, one's in New Jersey, one is in, uh, you know, Georgia. But they're, they have similar needs to you and, and here's what they did. So they can look at it and say, oh, okay, yeah, I like this. This makes sense. No, I don't like this, you know. Um, so we can kind of tie all that information together and try mm-hmm. to present it to that that committee so that they can come, you know, to a to a consensus of what needs to be done. Um, and we lo- we walk into a lot of rooms where you can tell it's been done that way for a long time. We'll walk in and the football coach kind of has this quarter of the room and this is his, mm-hmm. this is his equipment. And then mm-hmm. uh, the soccer programs well they like to use this equipment and mm-hmm. you know the principal likes to use that particular piece so we, we we see a lot of that so we try to give them a vision where we can tie it all together yeah do you ever get to kind of help educate you know everyone on that so you can do things maybe the right way i guess i could say um or is that kind of touchy for you no no sometimes we do um as as a team and uh, and we have some great great local reps I and mean, they have coaching backgrounds um you know uh, various and we have we have former division one basketball coaches former strength coaches um all across the country uh it's something i think we would like to do more um and it's just a time constraint uh heather mason who's who's a part of our team and heather's you know probably the most decorated coach in our company um, you know, Heather really does a fantastic job of that. And, and, and Heather prioritizes that to be able to go into schools and, and, uh, talk about programming, you know, um, maybe go through the nuts and bolts and how you use the equipment. But, but Heather does a great job of that. And then we have a, we have a, a um, I guess a division of life fitness called life fitness Academy. And mm-hmm. that's what they do globally. So they'll go in any rep, uh, they, they can, you know, talk to the school and say, hey, would you like someone from Life Fitness Academy to come in and do a one day seminar? Uh, and they can do that. And, and they do a really, really good job. And they'll show they'll go through every piece, um, you know, show the coaches or whoever's going to you know, utilize the room, uh, how to use the equipment, different things they can do on the equipment. So, so, you know, I guess the last thing I want to ask you about, you're you're a coach and most of your People that are working for you or with you are, are coaches, and you guys are very competitive. Do you, do you get competitive about these things? Like, do you go into a facility and see something, you know, from another manufacturer, and in your head just cringe, cringe, and think like, "Oh, that sucks." And you know, I would. I know I would for sure. What What is that like? Sure, we do. Yeah, you know, and anybody who says they don't, they're they're you know they're lying. They're lying of of yeah. course we do. You know, and um. I don't think any of us, you know, my team, myself, Heather, Blair Prince, I don't think we would be here if we didn't say it was the best. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's there's no question. You know, you walk in and, you know, you you see – you know, if you were working on a project and you don't get that project, they decide to go with somebody else. You know, obviously you want to be professional and, um, you know, you're not going to sever a relationship you had or you, you, you built, hopefully, just because, you know, they liked another another vendor better uh, or like something about another company better. Um, so you want to make sure, OK, you put the business aside and say, OK, you know, the relationship's going to continue. Um, we're also very honest, I think as a group, and I think we have to be, and I think that's hopefully what separates us a little bit, you know, uh, Hey, there are some companies that might make a certain piece of equipment uh, a little better, you know, and, and I'll be very honest if a coach says, okay, I I, I got a question about one particular piece and I'll I'll say, look, I'll be very honest with you. Um, you know, because if, if I, if I did it as a coach and that's, I made that decision to go with that equipment, then there was a reason for that. Right. So I think that's important, but absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're very, very competitive people by nature and, um, you know, sales and and business is, is absolutely no different, you know? So I'd I'd say for any coaches that you grew up in the coaching world, you know, that's, that's what you, you were raised on and you were around coaches who are competitive, you know, in business, it's just, just as competitive, if not more. Um, absolutely. So, for any coaches and, you know, and I talked to quite a few who think about, you know, maybe I want to transition into business or transition into sales. You know, I, I would be pretty quick to put a disclaimer on there and say, that's great. Just realize how competitive, you know, this industry is, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and uh, always keep that in mind, you know, for sure. Well, I think it's the same in sports performance and personal training and, and everything. There's a lot of competitive people out there and, you know, some people are willing to step on each other's throats to get the business. So I'm sure you have to, uh, you know, you have to put your competitive hat on sometimes and fight a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's always making sure we, we maintain the integrity of the brand, you know, yeah. and, uh, th- that's, that's important. You know, um, it's, it's a torch that we carry, you know, we, it didn't start with us. It's, it's certainly not going to end with us. Um, but we want to make sure, you know, in our in our term, you know, as, as uh, overseeing this this market and, and and being a part of this athletics team that that we carry on, you know, a lot of those values that that Hammer built, you know, and um, make sure they can they continue. And, and people say, look, I I want to do business with those people, you know, mm-hmm. that that's important. Um, and and they want to pick up the phone and call someone else and say, look, you should do business with these people. Um, and here's why. So it's a small, small world. It just gets it gets smaller every single day, you know, with it sure does with all the different, uh, you know, means of communicating with one another. So how do you carry yourself just like recruiting? You know what what we do in a, in a strange way? You know, if you want to make the parallels between athletics and, and what we do. You know, we, we are recruiting, you know, and if, if you lose a recruit and you don't handle it well. Chances are, well, you're probably not going to be able to go back to that school again and recruit somebody else. So you got to make sure that, that you're carrying yourself, uh, you know, with a, a certain amount of professionalism and, and integrity so that uh, you have a chance to continue doing business with people. Well, you know, like so many people that have been on the show, you know, you bring in some um, some kind of some themes about you know, coaching and business, there's always that ripple effect. You're always making an impact on people. Mm-hmm. You bring, bring it into competitiveness and developing relationships and then just working really hard to get to, to where you are. And, uh, 
You know, I, I can't thank you enough. It's it's awesome to have you on the show to talk about kind of that transition and um, and what you've been able to do with that with the position that you have to continue to make an impact on people, even though you're not in a weight room every single day. So, um, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today, Len. Jim, thank you so much for having uh, having me on the show. And, and please keep up the great work uh, with the podcast and, and just everything that that you're doing within the community as well. I appreciate it, Alan. We will talk real soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Impact Show. We're glad you're joining us on this journey of making an impact on the people around you. Please visit us at jimkilbasso.com for more information and ideas to increase your impact. And of course, we hope you subscribe to our podcast to enjoy more tips, stories, and advice from our industry's leaders.